from the Tulsa world. This is the OU Sports Extra podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Well, a tough ending to Oklahoma's 2023 football season. It comes to an end with a 38-24 loss to Arizona in the Alamo Bowl. Hi, Eric and Mason. Late night, early morning. I don't know what you want to call it. It is, my clock says 3.45 a.m. Excuse me, choked up there. 3.45 a.m. in San Antonio. We got all our work done. Now we're doing our podcast. Uh, Mason, it, it, it was a long night. It was a tough night especially for uh, Jackson Arnold. I mean, I I think we saw some growing pains tonight, Uh, but Oklahoma still in the fourth quarter had a chance to win the game. And uh, I I think if you're an OU fan, you try to to look at some of the good, but you also have to look at some of the things they need to improve upon. Yeah, it's a little bit of a letdown, Eric. I mean, to just be brutally honest, right? I mean, you kind of thought going into this game that this might kind of be the springboard uh, for them, you know, going into the SEC next season. You wanted to finish this season the right way after, you know, some things didn't bounce their way earlier in the season, specifically being, you know, the losses to OSU and Kansas that uh, at point, you know, at those points first, you know, they were a college football playoff contender. Then it was, they were still in the big 12 title race. And after those two, it, it, was just about, you know, no shot at either of those moving forward. And so you you wanted to, to put a nice bow on the end of this season. And unfortunately, they just weren't able to do that. The six turnovers was just brutal. Three interceptions from Jackson Arnold and, and then a fumble by Arnold and two fumbles by Jalil Farouk. Uh, that, gave, that gave Arizona all the ammunition they needed. Uh, you know, it, it came at pivotal times where OU just needed – you know, uh, another another point or so to put the game away and, and uh, you know, couldn't get it done. Defense, defense did a lot of good things, but also had some times where they needed to get off the field and couldn't. And, and it, it all culminated in Arizona scoring 25 unanswered points in the second half. And, and, and instead, Arizona is the one walking away with, uh, a marquee victory and all the momentum going into their first year next year in the Big 12. You know, you talk about the six turnovers and, you know, Oklahoma, it was 24 to 13 late in the third quarter. Oklahoma was at the Arizona 22 and you just got the feeling that one more touchdown makes it 31 13 going into the fourth quarter. The, the momentum was already in Oklahoma's favor. I think that would have really been a nail in the coffin drive if they could have scored instead. Uh, Arnold hits Farouk with that pass, gets knocked out of his hands, and Maldonado, who had an outstanding game with two fumble recoveries and an interception, raced back 87 yards to make it 24-21. The next drive Arizona had, they tied it at 24 uh, with a field goal after another turnover. And uh, and then Oklahoma just couldn't get off the field at key moments. Uh, The the Wildcats put together that 95-yard drive against the Sooners. Uh, with Jacob Cowing catching a 57-yard touchdown pass, and uh, that was it. That was it, and Oklahoma just could not get any traction offensively. There were, It was, you know, I wrote about this, too. It was really a roller coaster ride for Jackson Arnold today. He had some really good plays and some really, really bad plays. Uh, you know, some of the good plays was that 10-yard, he had a 10-yard throw to, to Nick Anderson, that Anderson made a great catch and toe drag to score a touchdown to make it 14-13, give OU its first league. 
And then uh, on the next uh, first drive of the second half, the second play of the second half, he Arnold threw a perfect pass to Brennan Thompson for a 63-yard touchdown play. That was the Arnold everyone expected. But, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. I think we knew that going in, that here he is a true freshman making his first start. It's only the sixth game he played. There was going to be some peaks and valleys. And you know what, Mason? We saw the peaks and we saw the valleys. Absolutely. You know, those two touchdown passes you mentioned, beautiful. That first one to Anderson, that's a play a lot of guys can't make. I mean, he's rolling out to his right and throwing back across his body towards the left to get that ball in position for Anderson to catch it. Incredible. And then the bomb to Thompson, you know, we saw we saw him really unload earlier in the season, the Tulsa game, that uh, that 50-yard touchdown pass to Anderson against Tulsa, a non-conference play, but just another another similar throw, that 63-yard strike, just, uh, you know, throwing it all the way over the top of the defense and letting it eat and uh, letting the guy run under it for, for an easy, easy touchdown. And so, yeah, Jackson Arnold obviously – Tough night, tough, tough night with some of the mistakes he made, but uh, a, a lot, a lot of promise, a lot of promise, and, and it, that's the thing that Brent Venables talked about after the game, and, and all the other players talked about it as well. Danny Stutzman talked about it. You know, OU has their guy; they are one hundred percent confident in taking him into the SEC as their starting quarterback. And yeah, there's probably going to be some growing pains with that too. You know, they. Looking at their schedule and, and the degree of difficulty on their schedule, you know, they might lose, you know, three, four, five games next year, somewhere in that range. And during during the regular season, uh, just because you're you're adjusting to uh, you know, a new quarterback uh, and, you know, somebody that's going to be in their first year as a full time starter. But what will help what will help that a lot is what can Jackson Arnold take away from this game? in order to make the jump that he needs to make to be that much better going into next season. And he seems like someone that is determined to do that and will do that. So uh, it'll be very, it'll be very interesting come August 31st, 2024, when they take the field against Temple to see just how different of a cat Jackson Arnold is uh, going into his sophomore year, as, as opposed to, to some of the, the mistakes and issues that we saw tonight. Oklahoma's defense really, they were put behind the eight ball early with the turnovers. It was 13-0 uh, before you really could blink early in the second quarter. But then the defense really played well, really limiting after that first quarter what Arizona wanted to do. And, you know, the 95-yard drive, that was the only really sustained drive they had after the first quarter. Uh, I was really impressed with the way Oklahoma's defensive line played. The pressure they put on the quarterback was pretty pretty big. They ended up with five sacks. They had 11 tackles for loss. The defense really did everything it could to really keep the Sooners in the game. And with the amount of turnovers that they had, it was pretty incredible that this was a tie game in the fourth quarter. Uh, if you look at the stat sheet and you say you're going to give up six turnovers and you're down 13 nothing early, you think it's going to be a blowout. Oklahoma had every chance to win this game until the last six minutes of this contest. Uh, I was impressed with the defense. Kendall Dolby had a really nice game with a couple sacks and a deflection on an interception um, So by Kenai Walker. I, I was just really impressed with the, what Oklahoma was able to do defensively. Gives you a little bit of hope maybe uh, with the pressure they were getting with a three-man front. That's something else. Oklahoma went three-man, three-three-five. They wanted to get more speed on the field. That's what Brent Venable said. Uh, Danny Setzman had a really good game. Kip Lewis 
uh, played through an injury, came off the field with a bad ankle, and uh, they didn't. He wanted to play. They got him back on the field, and he made some big plays in the second half as well. Uh, there's a lot of promise on this Oklahoma defense. I think they finished with 20 interceptions. I think that's right. Uh, which uh, you know sec- they entered the game second nationally in interceptions. So the, the defense is making the right strides. Uh, we'll have to see what happens to the transfer portal. But I thought they had a really good game tonight. Yeah, I really feel like the defense had its moments where there there were some ups and downs for them. Uh, obviously, you know Brent Venables highlighted on that that uh, eight play ninety five yard touchdown drive for Arizona. Uh, he highlighted that second and seventeen play where uh, they hit uh, Fafita hit Tetrarello McMillan over the middle, and they got about uh, fifteen or sixteen out of that. Uh, and and made it a lot more manageable. You know that was a play he was not happy about. And then obviously, you know later on that drive, you you can't just lose Jacob Cowan. I mean they they just completely lost him. He was wide open and just ran right by everybody for that fifty plus yard touchdown. So there were some moments where they they really did some head scratching things. But by and large, I feel like it more more of the issue was the offense let them down. I mean the offense just put them in unenviable position so many times uh there i think of there in the third quarter they were i believe it was in the third quarter there's four minutes left and they punted on like fourth and four after having only run like five plays and put the defense right back out there and, and i think the one that especially hurt was um there was a drive where they ended up with a field goal and it was the the sequence that the red zone sequence was two runs by Sawchuck that got absolutely stuffed, and then they ran Arnold up the middle. That's the Jeff Levy button. You hit the Jeff Levy button. Like <laughs> they figured it, they figured out earlier this season that that running Arnold like that doesn't work. He's not Blake Bell, and yet they they push that button again. They end up settling for a field goal when you know touchdown at that point. It's over. It's over. And it just, it just, it's still, it's still a little bit of the same old where they just don't really capitalize uh, in the, in the same moments. I mean, I do, I did like, and obviously it sounded like Jackson Arnold really liked uh, what he got, the options he got from Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley tonight. This was a good starting point. They let him drop back a lot, you know, more than, more than OU has all season. They let him just let it eat. And they kind of got to see, you know, okay, this is what we have in Jackson Arnold in the passing game. This is what we got to work with. And, and I think that, that that was a positive. But I think by and large, the the offense letting the defense down in the second half, when the defense, I mean, was just – they were working it. Second, second quarter, third quarter, they had six straight stops, an interception and five straight punts, and they only gave up 99 yards. And, oh, you lost this game. <laughs> I mean, it, it just the the offense just completely didn't answer the bell uh, in in the second half. After I mean, obviously they came out of the gate firing with the touchdown to Thompson, but but after that point, nothing. And and you just you just can't win games doing that. Oklahoma Jackson Arnold twenty six of forty five passing for three hundred and sixty one yards. A pair of touchdowns, but the three interceptions, as we talked about a little earlier, as well as the uh, the fumble when it was 31-24 and Oklahoma was trying to uh, mount a comeback. Yeah, 
got sacked, lost the ball, and then two plays later, Arizona put the game out of reach with a touchdown run. Um, Gavin Salchek, let, let's talk a little bit about him. He, he finished the, the the season strong. He ended up tonight 15 carries for 134 yards, including the 62-yard run he had um, in the, I think it was second quarter maybe, early in the game to help Oklahoma you know, score their first touchdown. Uh, he, he's a young man. You know, we entered the season with four running backs wondering who's going to be the, the the guy. And uh, it turned out to be Gavin Salchuk. He had 100-yard games in the last five outings. Uh, he rushed for 617 yards during those last five games. And uh, he led the team. I think he had nine uh, rushing touchdowns this year. And uh, I, I think it, it's pretty, pretty evident that he was the top running back, the top option for the Sooners this year. The only question is, why did it take so long to get to that? Yeah, it's a curious case. He was injured in fall camp, and I think that that limited him a lot early. But uh, it it will be kind of one of the things you look back on and say, man, like, why was this guy only a factor in the second half of the season? I mean, really didn't to be honest, didn't start to emerge until Bedlam. And even then, you know, did it in a losing effort. And and that'll be one of the things you look back on uh, and kind of wonder about. But obviously, with different offensive coordinators now, you know, it looks like Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley are going to, you know, give him a big workload and use him to the fullest. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he interacts with the other guys in the running back uh, room next year. Obviously, uh, brought in Sam Franklin from UT Martin. He's a really good weapon. He rushed for over a thousand yards and had double digit touchdowns this year. That's a guy that's veteran with experience. That's going to be hard to keep off the field. You've also got Taylor Tatum and, and Xavier Robinson that are both really talented recruits coming in Robinson in the spring and Tatum in June, the number one running back in the 2024 class. And, and it will also be interesting to see, uh, what what is, what exactly does this Tawi Walker situation play out to be? Obviously, he played tonight. He was a nice kind of physical compliment to, to Sawchuck at some points in this game. Didn't do anything overly electric, but just fought for some tough yards and uh, when they needed it. And obviously, he is currently has at least, if he's not officially said that he was going to enter the transfer portal, but Brent Venables has said that if things don't work out and he doesn't get an offer that he wants, that he's welcome to come back to Oklahoma, which is a is a fascinating in and of itself because that seems like a, a really rare thing that he would be allowed to do that in the transfer portal era. So do they now get him a scholarship and he comes back and then he's also part of the running back equation next year? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll kind of see how that plays out. But obviously right now with, with what he did, body of work at the end of the season, Gavin Sawchuck should be the guy. He rushed for 100 yards, over 100 yards in the last five games of the season uh, and was electric again tonight and honestly good for him. You know, and, you know, what impressed me about Sawchuck too is he's getting better in pass protection too. There were a couple times he made the right read gave Jackson Arnold more time to throw by his blitz pickup. So he really matured as a running back this year, both running the football also um, with his pass pro. 
Uh, one player that I do want to mention, you talk about talk, talk coming back next year. One player that we will not see is Drake Stoops. Uh, finishes his career with eight catch or six catches for 82 yards. Uh, just an outstanding career for Drake Stoops. You remember in the season opener, he uh, hurt his shoulder and you wondered if he was going to come back the rest of the season. He played every game from that point on. He didn't miss a game. Uh, and I think the interesting thing is the Stoops family name has been a part of this Oklahoma program since 1999 when Bob Stoops was named head coach. And next season, 2024, will be the first time that there will not be a Stoops associated with the Oklahoma football program. And you're talking about a generation or two that just knows the Stoops name with OU football. But I, I will say personally, I really enjoyed covering Drake all these years. Uh, he had some tough catches again tonight. Uh, and he's one of those guys, he got a pass interference call in the end zone. And I know a couple of people were wondering where was that call in Bedlam. <laughs> so, but Drake Stoops, uh, you know, it, it really was fun watching his career grow. And Brent Vittable's made a point of during his opening statement of thanking Drake for his time at Oklahoma and the kind of player he was. And it really says a lot when the head coach during a tough loss in his opening statement recognizes someone like Drake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, you know, kudos to Drake for everything that, that he's accomplished in his college career. And he's someone that I think is going to, you know, surprise, continue to surprise some people. I mean, obviously, being a walk-on, there were some people that completely doubted him and, and thought that he would never play a meaningful snap uh, at Oklahoma. And here we are, you know, six years later, and he has become – he became the bona fide, you know, wide receiver one for this team and, and really a star in this offense this season. And, and I think he's somebody that, that, you know, will potentially surprise some people uh, at, the, at the NFL level. I mean uh, – a lot of people make some jokes about the the Patriots potentially salivating over him because they kind of have a, a type with their receivers, and maybe it'll play out that way. But, uh, you know, I, I just feel like somebody in the NFL is going to give Drake Stoops an opportunity and uh, would seem, based on his track record at OU, that he'll make the most of it. Well, Mason, it's going to be a long eight months between now and the first game of the 2024 season. And the next time Oklahoma plays a home game the sec logo will be on the football field they'll have an sec patch somewhere on their uniform and everything is going to change from this point on i know it was a tough loss today but there's so much to look forward to if you're an oklahoma fan uh you know jackson arnold will get better with reps he just you know he's young he'll get better um the recruiting class oklahoma is big on that there's still some some movement on the transfer portal we'll have to see what happens but you know, selfishly, I'm excited about this move that Oklahoma's making the SEC. Uh, I think everything's going to be new. And I think that's the thing is everything's going to be so new from from even the little things. Uh, but I'll, I'll make this for that. I know it's tough coming off a loss because you really wanted to win this game to get momentum going into the offseason. But the same thing happened last year after a tough loss against Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl uh, in a six and seven season, OU was able to build momentum off that loss. And if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're hoping the same thing happens uh, this year, this off season, as they prepare to get to a bigger stage. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it. there's a lot to look forward to. You know, this is just another, uh, it's really just another bump in the road, right? There, there have obviously been some hiccups this year, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, ten and three is a lot better than six and seven last year, and and you know you feel knowing that, and also knowing what OU is bringing back, especially 
as you said, a young quarterback that will get better and also a defense that is is really pretty star-studded. Uh, you you feel all right about, you know, them going into the SEC next year. There's obviously some areas where they got to get better. Offensive line is definitely one of them and and you know, they may need to still add some pieces on defense as well. Uh, but it, you know, it there's a lot of positives to look forward to just because you're going to get to, you know, there's just so many going to be so many cool things next year with everything just being new and just going to all these new locales and playing teams that OU hasn't ever played or hasn't played in a long time, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot for fans to uh, look forward to in, in that regard. So uh, it, it's going to be a long, long wait a long, you know, probably a tough wait for a lot of people because uh, of how much promise, you know, the expectation next season has. But uh, until then, uh, if anybody wants to read some OU basketball coverage, uh, <laughs> we will be ramping that up. So, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they, the OU basketball team deserves everyone's full attention with what they're building, what Porter Mosier's building, number 12 in the nation. Open Big 12 play up pretty soon. Have one more non-conference game. So looking forward to that as well. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up. It is 4.05 a.m., man. And I got a, a 6.30 flight head to the airport in less than an hour. So uh, team no sleep. That's that's us. So we always appreciate you guys listening to all our coverage on these podcasts, as well as everything you can we write on TulsaWorld.com. Please don't hesitate to click on there. A lot of good content. We recap this game pretty strong today. And then as well, Nate Fakin, I uh, appreciate him all season long. Did a lot of video. He was down here at the Alamo Bowl. So we'll have a lot of his video on TulsaWorld.com as well. So thank you. And uh, we'll see you when spring football hits. And of course, there's a lot of other news, basketball, softball. It's going to be busy. We appreciate everything. Everybody, happy new year. <laughs>